Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation is a portion of our Passion reading. I'm going to read in a slightly different translation, the EHV. But Matthew 27, 15 to 26, we read these words again. At the time of the festival, the governor had a custom to release to the crowd any one prisoner they wanted. At that time, they were holding a notorious prisoner named Barabbas. So when they were assembled, Pilate said to them, Which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For Pilate knew that they had handed Jesus over to him because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, Pilate's wife sent him a message. Have nothing to do with that righteous man, she said, since I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus put to death. The governor asked them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Barabbas, they said. Pilate said to them, Then what should I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, Crucify him. But the governor said, Why? What has he done wrong? But they kept shouting even louder, Crucify him! Crucify him! When Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, and that instead it was turning into a riot, He took water, washed his hands in front of the crowd and said, I am innocent of this righteous man's blood. It is your responsibility. And all the people answered, Let his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Sanctify us through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In him who loved us and freed us from our sins through his own blood, Jesus the Christ, dear fellow redeemed. Franklin D. Roosevelt is probably most famous for his New Deal which he believed would help the United States come out of the Great Depression. He's also known for a couple other things, Social Security for one. But there are at least two things that he has accomplished that no other president has been able to. The first is, he's the only president to serve more than two terms. He served four. He served as president, I believe, for 13 years. The other accomplishment is that he granted more clemencies in his 13 years of presidency than any other president. In fact, of those 3,600 and I think it was 87, 2,819 of them were pardons. That's a pretty awesome power that the president has that he can declare any prisoner free, pardoned. 
Well, that's not new, as our text makes clear. About 2,000 years ago, Pilate had the custom of releasing to the Jewish crowd a prisoner of their choosing. And so on this time of the festival, when Jesus was arrested and before Pilate, he was maneuvering to try and set Jesus free. So he proposed two men that he could release. Barabbas or Jesus who is called Christ. The crowd chose Barabbas and for Jesus to be crucified. When Pilate washed his hands of the, the guilt of Jesus' blood, the crowd responded, let his blood be upon us and on our children. That's a phrase that needs exploring. Let his blood be on us. To prove our guilt and to cleanse our sins. Pilate, as I said, was maneuvering. His wife had sent a message to him. Have nothing to do with this righteous man. I've suffered much today in a dream because of him. Pilate had already determined Jesus' innocence. And part of him wanted to see justice fulfilled and Jesus released. And so he proposed this situation for the crowd to consider. Who do you want me to set free? Barabbas or Jesus? Pilate couldn't have set before them two greater poles in the quality of person than what he did that night. Pilate, excuse me, Barabbas's guilt was known to all. Mark tells us that he had participated in an insurrection and had murdered someone. Jesus couldn't be proved of any guilt. So Pilate was hoping that the crowd would have a greater sense of justice than he did. That they would act with more integrity than he was and would set the innocent man free. But as you know, that's not what the crowd did. They chose to set the guilty free and to kill the innocent. And when Pilate pointed out to them what they were doing, they said, let his blood be on us. What they thereby were doing was claiming guilt for Jesus' death. They were willing to stand before God with his blood on their hands. So who is guilty of killing Jesus? 
Is it Pilate? Did the simple washing of his hands with water and the declaration of his mouth absolve him of Jesus' death? Or was it the crowd? Or was it you? We can look at this scene from purely an earthly point of view. Political powers struggling and an innocent man gets killed to keep the peace. But God has revealed that much more was going on in the life and death of Jesus. Isaiah had foretold hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus that God would place on him the guilt of us all. That he would be pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. So when we ask the question, who killed Jesus? We have to raise our own hands to We weren't Pilate washing our hands of our responsibility. But we've done that in many other ways. We weren't with the crowd yelling, crucify him, crucify him. But it's our guilt that nailed him to the cross. Our lies and our deceits. Our angry and misspoken words, the lusts of our heart, the greed for earthly treasure. It's our guilt that caused him to suffer and die. And we too with the crowd should cry out, let his blood be upon us. Because we are guilty of this man's death. But God has revealed something incredible about the blood of Jesus. It has the power to cleanse from sin. Now how can it do that? Well we know that Blood needed to be shed for the forgiveness of sins, for God to be reconciled to man, to atone, to pay for the sins of a person. Life had to be shed, blood had to be spilled. And so Jesus shed his blood for you and for all of mankind. Now your blood, hypothetically, if you were holy and righteous as Jesus is, could be shed for one person. But Jesus had to be a sacrifice sufficient for all people. So his blood had to be of such great value that God would look at all of the sins of the world, yours included, 
and look at what was offered to him and choose to accept that blood in payment for that great guilt. So Jesus had to be far more than a man. He had to be God. And when you think of the scales of sacrifice, the greater the guilt, the greater the punishment, the greater the payment needed. Consider what was offered. The blood of God. God's life was offered to balance your transgressions. Nothing greater could be offered. There is no greater treasure, no greater being than God himself. So God died for you because he loves you and because he wants you to have no doubt that the scales are balanced. That your sins are forgiven. They've been paid for, for in full. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I torment myself over my past sins. I think of particular ones that I've done, and they have this haunting presence in my past. I, I can know in my head that I'm forgiven. But my heart still struggles to get over that guilt. What's a person to do when they think that maybe that one, that one isn't fully covered? That somehow Jesus has covered all the rest, but not that one. Look at the scale. God died for you. God poured out his blood upon you. And John tells us that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Jesus' blood now flows from him, from the cross, to you and to me. Not to condemn us with the guilt of our sin but to assure us that we're forgiven. To make us confident that his sacrifice was sufficient. And if it weren't enough that God died for you, then God also raised him from the dead so that you are to have no doubt you are forgiven. Your sin is taken away. The blood of Jesus has purified you. But there's another great tool that God has given you as you struggle with your guilt. It's that blood. That body and blood which he gives you at the altar to eat and drink 
for the forgiveness of all of your sins. If you're ever struggling with your guilt, don't battle it alone. Call your pastor. Set up an opportunity to meet with him or have him come to you and have him bring Christ's body and blood for you to eat and drink for the remission of your sins. See, God doesn't want you spending any moment of any day in your life worried that you are loved and forgiven. And so he gives you many proofs that that is true. So let his blood be upon us. Let it come to cleanse us of our sins. To him be the glory, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of God which transcends all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.